For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Ruth chapter 2, Ruth chapter 2 as we'll be today as we're looking at the book of Ruth and the story of Ruth. What an upstanding young lady Ruth was. As we looked at the characteristics of Ruth and some of the things in her life, I know some of the men might think, well, how can that affect me? But it can greatly affect you. If nothing else, you'll know what to look for if you're looking for a wife or for a girlfriend. But it also lets you know because every one of us, every man's got a daughter, a nephew, a niece, uh, a girl in your life that might look to you as a father figure, uh, how you can be a good example, or the ladies that you can point them to to be a good example for them. Amen. So Ruth chapter 2 is where talking about it naomi was her mother-in-law and ruth's husband had died naomi's husband had died so she was with her i guess what you call her ex-mother-in-law or used to be her mother-in-law they're both wise people but you know what a wise person contrary to what everybody might think and you might think is not somebody who just knows it all it's not somebody who's just slap full of wisdom but a wise person a wise lady, a, a wise man is somebody that is willing to listen and willing to learn. Let me say that again. A wise person is somebody that is willing to listen and willing to learn. Wise people understand their need for more wisdom. Somebody that knows it all, you can't tell them nothing. You know, that's some of the worst people to have working for you. Somebody that already knows it all, you can't tell them nothing. I know I can get this done. When you know that they're doing it wrong and you've done it 10,000 times, but they come along, you've hired them, or maybe it's somebody that's even helping you around your house, a family member, and you try to explain to them, hey, hey, this is how we can go about doing this. This is the best way. I know. I know. A lot of times when they have that attitude, no, they they don't know. But somebody that is willing to listen would be considered wise. Why? Because you're willing to take that advice. You're willing to think in your mind, you know what? I might know how to do this, but you might have a better idea than me. Let me just say, you should listen to everybody. But then make your own determination and own decisions. But be willing to listen. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 5 says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. It, it's smart. It's smart to ask for advice. And let me just say this. Before you think, man, i got to humble myself. i got to go ask for advice. 
No, you don't. And this is why. It's not about you. People love to give advice. If you will just go to them and ask for it. Maybe you got to swallow your own pride to get to where you can do that. But the person that you're going to ask advice from, I guarantee you, will be more than willing to say, okay, let's sit down. Let's talk about this. What can I help you with? A wise man will hear and will increase in learning. A wise woman will hear and increase in learning. Ruth had told Naomi when they left Moab. Now, Naomi was the mother-in-law. Ruth was a daughter-in-law. Both of their husbands had died. But when they left Moab, Ruth said, Whether thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. That's in Ruth chapter 1 and verse 16. And you know, when they reached Bethlehem, Naomi told Ruth both where to go and what to do. So this is her ex-mother-in-law telling her where to go and what to do. Can I just say, let's stop and from an outside perspective and look at this situation here is the mother-in-law and i know there are so many mother-in-law jokes and there's sitcoms and all kinds of comedians about it about the mother-in-law but can i just say can you imagine the kind of character that naomi must have had for ruth to look at her and say you know what wherever you go i'll go wherever you stay I'll stay. Whoever your family is will be my family. Whoever your God is will be my God. What kind of power and influence and testimony did Naomi have over this young lady named Ruth? Stop and think about that. Would Ruth have been in this situation, been in the Bible, had Naomi not given her good advice? Had Ruth not looked to Naomi? For that advice, like I said, this was her mothering-in-law. What godly, wise, wisdom, and biblical godly character Naomi, the mother-in-law, must have had for Ruth to say, no matter where you go, I'll go. Wherever you live, I'll live. Whoever your people, your family is, be my people. Your God will be my God. Wow. Can I just say, if you're a mother-in-law or going to be a mother-in-law someday, that should highly influence you on how you should treat the ladies, the young ladies that God puts in your life that will marry your son. You want to have good relationship with them? Do you want to be close to your own son? Do you want to be close to your family? Being a great, wonderful example as a mother-in-law is a powerful thing, is it not? That's exactly, listen to me, that's exactly what we're looking at here. Because most of the time, nowadays, listen, if the husband died, the mother, they're not going to hang out with their mother-in-law. They're not definitely not going to follow them around and say, you know what, wherever you go, I'm going to go. And wherever you stay, I'm going to stay. And whoever your friends are and your family is going to be my friends and family. And whoever you serve, your God, I'm going to serve them too. How many times have you heard that happening today? Most people cut ties, they're gone, they're out of there. So my goodness, how much power can you have if you're a mother-in-law or going to be a mother-in-law if you have the biblical character of Naomi? Because listen to me, Ruth trusted Naomi and did what Naomi told her to do.
And listen, Naomi knew that there was a place where Ruth could access the blessings of her own family heritage. And Naomi guided Ruth to it. She pointed her in the right direction. Naomi was willing to be that example. And Ruth was willing, listen, to attain unto wise counsel and increase in learning. Remember what a wise person is? It's not somebody that knows it all, but it's somebody who's willing to ask and somebody who's willing to listen and take that advice. My goodness, Naomi must have been a godly, amazing lady for Ruth to listen to her and go where she told her to go. But can I just say it was the best thing that Ruth could have done in her whole life? Because Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, is who Naomi was pointing Ruth to. Ruth chapter 2 and verse 1 is our scripture. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Amalek, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth, though a Moabite, said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. Ruth told Naomi, Let me go to the field, let me glean, which means that they would go in, and when they, they picked a crop, they would leave a little bit for the poor people to come in and glean, that they might eat too. They could go into the field and pick what was left so they wouldn't starve to death. That's exactly what she's talking about, gleaning, just getting a few things, enough to survive on. But Ruth said, in the sight of Boaz, let me go, that I shall find grace. Do I think Ruth knew that Boaz was going to wind up coming after her, redeeming her, marrying her? No, I don't. But she knew that I could go there. We don't have to starve to death. I'll find grace in this man's eyes that we might eat, that we might not go hungry. And Naomi told her, go. And she called her my daughter. She loved her. You know, when you truly love somebody, and even if it is a daughter-in-law, and both of you lose your husbands, love is not a switch that you just turn off. You're still going to love that person. And oh my, what an amazing thing. And even at one point, Naomi's going to tell Ruth, why are you following me around? I can't have another son. In my old age? In other words, just go on and get out of here. Get away from me. But no, but Ruth told Naomi, I'm going to follow you. And you know, she told Ruth where to go even after that. In Ruth chapter 3 and verses 6 and 7. And she went down unto the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. Verse 7. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn, and she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. She didn't try to lay with him. She didn't try to take advantage of the situation. You know what she did? She humbled herself before that man, uncovered his feet, and laid at his feet. Can I just say, 
There's not a man on this planet that wouldn't be attracted to a lady who would say, you know what? And that's what she was doing was submitting to his will. I'm here. Not, not submitting in a bad way, but submitting in a good way. We often look at that word and we hear submission. We go, I ain't submitting to nobody. I ain't, they ain't telling me what to do. Oh, no. And that's our human nature. That's our pride. But can I just say, just like the Lord looks down on the person, when that person submits to them, don't you know God loves that? Don't you know that when Ruth was in Boaz's house and he had eaten his fill and drank and he was happy, the Bible says, he was married, he laid down. Notice he didn't take advantage. He wasn't trying to uh, have adult relations with her. He laid down and covered up. She had to uncover his feet and laid at his feet. The Bible says she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid down. In other words, I'm here. I, I, I submit to you, to your authority, because he was a rich man. He was the ruler there. That was his house. So Na Naomi not only told Ruth where to go, but she told her whom to go to. She knew to go to Boaz. She knew that the answer for Ruth was to get the right person. That, that going to Boaz, for he was the one who could meet her needs. Naomi simply pointed Ruth in the right way. This is the person that can meet your needs. This is what you need. Man, isn't that a perfect picture of we, what we are supposed to do for people? Hey, I can't do nothing for you, but I can point the way. I can't meet your need, but I know who can, and his name is Jesus. If you'll but just go humble yourself and lay at his feet and ask forgiveness and ask him to come into your heart and save you, I mean, he's got, he can meet all your needs, your deepest needs. So we too, people, need to get to the ones who can meet our needs. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who can meet our needs, and that's who that we can point others to, to meet their needs. Point them to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, as the Bible calls them. You know what? God's Word commands. God God's word commands us to come boldly unto the throne of grace. And that's what Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 says. Do you know how that you can come? Now, that, that just sounds off, doesn't it? Now, when you think about it, God is the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the I am that I am, the all-powerful, the one that's, whose words are so powerful that he spoke this world, this universe, this planet, the water, and everything you see into existence that I can just go boldly before him? When's the last time you've seen somebody go boldly before a judge? The only time you do it, you say, that person's an idiot. Who would get up and come boldly in, in front of a judge? Most people are meek and humble. Why? Because that judge has all the power in the world. Now, when it says come boldly, it doesn't mean pridefully. This is what it means. When it says come boldly, 
If you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, He's paid your sin debt, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and because of what He did, and because of who He is, and because you know Him, and because He's your Savior, you can come boldly before the throne of God and lay your burdens, your cares, your wants, your needs, your desires, and everything about you, everything that you have, and everything that you need, right at His feet as He sits on the throne. That's exactly what that means is because of Jesus and because of who he is and because of what he has done for you. That's the only reason you can approach the throne and the same for me. But the Bible says, come boldly unto the throne. It's not enough to believe that there's help. There's a lot of people out there that have some real serious problems. Some of them have addictions. Some of them have mental health problems. Some of them have physical problems. And maybe you're one of those. There's help out there. But just knowing there's help is not enough, is it? I know there's help. But unless I'm willing to get it, unless I'm willing to pick up the phone, unless I'm willing to ask somebody, hey, I need help. You have to go after that help. The help is there. There is so much help out there. There's no reason in the world for anybody in America to starve to death today. There are so many food pantries and donation places. It is. It amazes me. And it's a good thing. There is help out there. But in order to get that help, you have to go after it. Now, if you have somebody knows you and you have a family member, should they help you or come to you? Sure they should. But for the most part, it's going to have to be you seeking out that help. So it's not just it's not just enough that there's help out there. It's not just enough that you know there's help out there. You must actively seek it. You must actively seek the Lord Jesus Christ. You must actively seek to God. You must go to Him. That's why that says you can come to the boat. That's you. That's on you. You have to go. You have to make the effort. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But it's you and I that makes the difference. It's you and I that changes. He never changes. He's always the same. And you can always go to Him. And I thank God for that because sometimes I fall on my face. Sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I have some terrible thoughts or I say something I shouldn't say. But I'm so thankful that God is the same God that saved me that day I got saved is he's the same God today and tomorrow that I can go to and ask for forgiveness and he'll make things right between me and him. So we must actively go to him. But not only that, we need to direct others to that same Lord who can and will meet their needs. I said needs, I didn't say desires. First of all, if, you don't, if you're not saved, if you're not born again, the very first thing you need is salvation. The very first thing you need to realize that there's a place called hell, and it's real. The Bible says there's weeping and wailing, gnashing of teeth, gnawing of tongue, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched, and it's real. There's one man in the Bible who's in hell who explains what hell's like, and he's still there to this day. You can read that in Luke chapter number 16. It is the one place where you can go and read of what's going on in a man's mind while he is in hell. And he said, he, I am tormented in this flame. So bad, please go warn my family. Don't come here. 
get right with the Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, anybody, that, every person that ever come, if they could come out of hell, they'd be the best evangelist there ever was. But listen to me, hell is a one-way door. There's no escape. Your only hope is this side. While you're alive, while you have breath in your lungs, your heart's beating, you have the choice. There's help. Will you seek it? That help, His name is Jesus. And we should be pointing others to those. John chapter 1, verse 41. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Verse 45 of that chapter. Philip findeth Nathanael, and he said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Both times the Bible says that they found. Now listen to me. You don't find something unless you was looking for it. You don't find something unless you know it was there, you know it was coming, and you're actively seeking it and you're looking for it. But the Bible says in verse 45, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write about. His name is Jesus Jesus of Nazareth, amen. They were looking for him. Let me tell you, Jesus is looking for you. If you're not saved, if you're not born again, the Bible says he's going to knock on your heart. Every man will stand before God and give an account. And I know what you'll say. What about the guy that lives in a jungle that can't read, that's never met a missionary, that's never seen a Bible, that's never heard the gospel preached? The Bible gives a direct answer to that the bible says that heaven and earth cry out that there's a god that there's a father that there's a son there's a holy spirit that there's a jesus that died on the cross that they're a sinner in need of a savior and there's a place called hell the bible goes on to say at the end of that same verse so that they are without excuse nobody will stand before god with a valid excuse of why they did not get born again is it our job to tell the gospel absolutely but can i just say the only people that are asking that question are people that can go to church the people that do have access to a bible the people that have heard the name of jesus why they're looking for an excuse for their own self that's why is that you are you looking out there in the world going what about this what about that what about this where is there don't worry about that the only person that you got to give an account before when you stand before God is why you. It won't matter what the person at church did, the person that sits on your pew, the person at your house. It will matter what you did with the Lord Jesus Christ. I ask you today, have you found him? Like the Bible says, like Philip did. He said, I have found him. John chapter 4 verse 29 tells you, Come see a man which told me all things that I have ever did. Is not this the Christ? Let me just tell you, when God convicts you, when you start wondering, is God speaking to me? Is God calling me? Let me tell you, it may be the most uncomfortable time in your life because he peels you open and you read there's nothing, there's nothing that you can hide from God. You might hide it from your wife, from your husband, from your mother, from your father, from everybody. Nobody knows this thing about you, but God does. God sees it. And he rolls that back. And 
it makes you, it made me very, very, very uncomfortable because he sees right through you. He knows you through and through, and he still loves you and wants to forgive you. Will you accept him today? Will you be like Philip and Nathaniel? I found Jesus. Amen. Will you put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352 247 9200. That's 352 247 9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida. 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352 352- 897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.